virgin all the way. Oh, and it's a beautiful goal! What a shame we didn't get top four but never mind we've won the FA Cup it's been a brilliant campaign and we're going to look back at some of the highlights also a few new signings who's going to leave Leicester and also that new kit plenty more in association with footballkitmarket.com it's for fox sake Hello and welcome to For Fox Sake. My name is Pete Selby and I am alongside Rob Hayes. It's the end of the season, Rob. We have finished. We have completed a Premier League season. We have completed the Cup campaigns and we have finished with an FA Cup. Right now, are you on cloud nine or have you just dropped a few clouds and are now plummeting towards Earth? I think on Sunday... I'd had a little tumble. Naturally, I think. I think Brendan Rodgers felt like that. The players felt like that. The supporters all felt like that. But I think the, the benefit of us doing this midweek, a few days after we've let things settle down, is is I've climbed back up a couple of clouds and I'm now sort of overlooking the entire season from what I would say is maybe not cloud nine. I think cloud nine is like best it could get. But I'm probably on cloud eight if we can continue the analogy. What about you? I would say similar. I spoke to an awful lot of people since the game on Sunday and everyone seems to have the same kind of point of view where if Chelsea were tuning up after 10 minutes and Liverpool were tuning up after 10 minutes, then it doesn't matter. You know, it, it, it was out of our hands. It's just because it was in our hands and also so late in the game as well. That's the annoying thing. Doing this podcast, as you said a few days later, nullifies a lot of that. So you look back and go, actually, it could be one of our best seasons ever. Second best season, possibly, you'd say, of all time because of the FA Cup win. And overall, as a season, spectacular. And then they look into next season, which we will be doing. And it's a fantastic, again, foothold to next season or a just continuation of, of what's been a brilliant managerial appointment and and also the last, say, two or three years at the football club. So overall, there's an awful lot to get excited about. Just to start with, though, rather than go back and just go over the game and over the, the error by Schmeichel and, and, the, and the penalties and, and what kind of happened at the end and it all became a bit of a mess, it's just a way to kind of sum it all up. It is overall disappointing to be not in the top four but from a supporter's point of view you then instantly look at well what do we have we have straight away a community shield slash charity shield match against Manchester City we have a European draw to look forward to in a competition which we would have to be one of the handful of favourites to win we've got then the squad as we are at the moment and we'll look at that in a, in a short while we've got the possibility of winning competitions now because on the back of the cup success 
winning breeds weeding and winning and, and we'll look at uh, what Brendan has said in the last few days as well so there's there's so much to look forward to but just to start on a little bit of a downer for that first five minutes of the podcast get out of the way it was a, a right mess really wasn't it on Sunday they were in with every chance because Chelsea were slipping up at Villa and I think overall from my point of view, watching that game, it's apart from the penalties, because I mean, end of the day, Vardy ran him ragged, and and we deserve the penalties. We deserve to be in front at that time. But I think just overall in that game, our I'm going to say lack of squad depth, but just the amount of injuries, the amount of players unavailable, and overall the circumstance surrounding our side just lent it to give a real opportunity for Spurs, who as much as they've had a disappointing season, have got the players in place to take advantage. And and they did. And it was ultimately disappointing, but everyone said, you know, if we had Evans, if Fafana played a full game, etc., etc., would it have been different? Maybe. But, uh, but it was very, very annoying to watch, wasn't it? I have to admit, I didn't watch it. And I have made now a conscious decision not to watch it because I actually don't see any point. Uh, the reason I didn't watch it on Sunday live was because uh, I was visiting a prospective wedding venue and that was the only time we could get in. So fine, you could say that's poor planning on my part, but also it's it's probably considering we went through the uh, the emotional ringer of the FA Cup final very recently, probably good for my overall health that I didn't watch it um I, I was I was sneaking my phone out whenever I had a had a chance to to check the score updates and you know a little fist a little clench of the fist when the results started going our way and when you know Vardy's bagged a couple of penalties and all good from that point of view and then by the time things started to capitulate uh, I decided basically to put my phone away in my pocket and then check it later and and, and if things had changed for the positive again great and if they hadn't I could kind of deal with it. I thought about watching Match of the Day on Sunday night. I decided against it. And I've thought about it for the last couple of days. Should I watch it? And to be perfectly honest with you, I've I've watched all of the reaction. I've spoken to loads of um, other City fans. And I feel like watching it now is going to do me no favours whatsoever. But you're absolutely right. There, there are uh, notable absentees for Leicester City. There is notable squad depth at Tottenham, regardless of what season they've had, to bring, you know, Bale on to to do that 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 kind of damage. He's he's a world class footballer when he feels like it. Unfortunately for Leicester, he kind of felt like it for for about half an hour on on Sunday. Um, the the thing I want, and I know we're talking about the Spurs game now because it's the game that's just happened. It was the last game of the season, and, and ultimately the season did come down to that. But really, it didn't. As in so many ways as well, because there's a reason why winning the Premier League, you know, winning the league is the biggest thing that you can do, arguably, apart from maybe the Champions League for certain reasons. But it's because it spans over 38 games and the possible uh, contributors to the defeat against Spurs, like the squad depth, like the key injuries, they have been running themes throughout the season for Leicester and 
ultimately, if you look back at our most successful season, because I, that, I, I can completely agree with you there saying that this could be our second best season ever. If you look back at our most successful season, you could name the starting 11 absolutely every single week. There were no major injuries to deal with. There were no, there was no loss of any key players, and the squad depth you might have argued wasn't strong enough, but it wasn't tested. Whereas it has been this season, and it turns out that we're the fifth best team in the Premier League, and that really is reflective of where we are as a football club. You could say, what if Barnes had stayed fit? What if Johnny Evans hadn't missed these key games? What if Wesley Fofana hadn't gone off early doors against Spurs? Ultimately, over 38 games, things even themselves out and, and we are where we are on merit. And it is, on reflection, in hindsight, after a few days, a very, very positive season. Fifth place, FA Cup. It is. <clears throat> and when you look at the season as a whole and the, and the facts come out that Leicester have been in the top four since basically year dot at the beginning of the previous season and they've missed out twice... Well, it, it depends on what happens at the end of the seasons. We, we, I, I would generally, and and everyone would agree with me. I'd imagine the fact that at the end of last season we really did fall apart, and this season I won't say we, we we fell over the line at all. I know we lost against Newcastle, and then you had the game against Chelsea, etc., and and obviously Spurs. But it it was slightly different because you got the you got the cup there, and and it is a different season. You know, no two seasons are alike. But it is still quite galling. But then when you look at the season as a whole and you go, Leicester have been in the top four, this, that and the other. But then you look at the performances of the other sides. So Chelsea underperformed, got rid of Lampard, Tuchel comes in and then they end up getting top four after a really good run in the league. Manchester United, always up there in the top four. Man City, well, they were way down in eighth and ninth around um, early December and then came through and, and, and won the league very easy. You look at other sides like Liverpool have had major problems at the back and have come with a really good run late on, including goals by their goalkeeper, to then get in the top four. Different teams have different seasons. They're, they're not always as consistent as what we have been, even though you would label our, say, home form as inconsistent, but being in the top four for so long means that generally, overall, we've had a fairly consistent season. Just to go through through, um, through a few of the three-word reviews, uh, been worse seasons, uh, better than Derby, uh, ifs, buts, maybes, uh, a brilliant season, make that two, what a shame, uh, absolutely uh, gutted, uh, gutted for Rob, uh, we've got FA Cup winners, uh, cake, no icing, which is quite nice. Uh, so overall, I think quite positive when it comes to what's happened this season. But then overall, you look at it and you go, well, a week before, we won the FA Cup. And if you want to go back and listen to, if you haven't already, the reaction and the podcast, should I say, after the FA Cup win, then we were basically saying you would not have supported another side if you had every choice in the world in our lifetime than Leicester. So overall, you can't really be that gutted. And then you look at the possibilities of next season, as I've already hinted to, going to these games in Europe, going to the away days, possibility of winning these tournaments, and also then the players that we might sign. Now, we won't know who we could have signed if we were in the Champions League, but at the moment, at the time of recording, there are one or two 
that seriously looked to be in the pipeline that have been rumoured for a few weeks and it doesn't look like the Champions League has uh, diminished the chances of signing those players and also, and probably more importantly, in fact definitely more importantly, is players maybe leaving the club as well um, and we'll come on to that. So moving on from what's happened and rather than look back at the season as a whole and go through each game etc etc we'll just we'll just click on a few points rob because i think we might be uh, discussing this for probably the shortest amount of time that we have done since we've been doing this podcast for the last 6 years or so um best moment best player and best goal I know I'm going quite early on this, Rob, in the podcast, but um, what, in your opinion, was the best moment of the season? So individual moments to you, that one split-second moment. When we were having a a very, for fuck's sake, podcast production meeting about this podcast, which doesn't happen very often, to be honest with you, we were just exchanging a couple of texts about half an hour ago. Let's, let's just clear that up. Um, and you said that uh, we were going to go through these sort of best ofs kind of thing. I asked you to sort of pre-prepare me with the kind of things that you were wanting to pull out because usually, despite the fact that uh, you and I commentate on many football matches or have commentated on many football matches and the fact that I used to work in sport, I'm absolutely terrible at remembering individual matches or individual moments. So I needed some time to prepare, or so I thought. And then you said, best moment, best goal, best player. And uh, I thought exactly the same as you, Pete, that, that we could wrap this up in, in a couple of minutes. Best moment, as in split second, individual moment, was when that ball left Yuri Tienemann's right boot at Wembley from 25 yards. Hands down, best moment for me. Yep, yeah, same here. Absolutely the same. I can understand why some people might say when the final whistle went or maybe when they lifted the cup. Or maybe when uh, when Kuntop came on the pitch and was given the trophy. It's all surrounding that FA Cup win. And looking at it as a whole, I can understand maybe the lifting of the cup. Because that's just a great moment. But it's the goal. It's the goal because the game was at, the, at that time in the balance. And we were playing well. We were holding on at times, but we were right in the game we were exactly where we we kind of hoped we would be when we when we previewed the game we we got that one bang on but it's the goal for me as well it's it's that goal what a goal over 30 yards out and it's the goal that we'll be seeing for years and years and years on replays and looking back fondly on just one of the best goals of all time in an FA Cup final and it happens to be a Leicester midfielder who did it and we won the cup it's the best moment of the season. It's the best moment for the last few seasons. It really is. And when we move on to best player, and I will take first dibs on this, Rob, best player, I I would say has moved three times. It's, it's a three-way tie, but it's going to go to one player just at the end. It would have gone to James Justin, I would have thought, because of his remarkable season absolutely remarkable and when you look for this player going forward if he's back as the same player and touch wood he turns out to be 
the player that we had and also continues his pathway towards the England squad, etc. He was a player where I'm still not entirely sure his best position. I, I've always thought when he dropped back into a back three on the right, he looked absolutely fantastic. We know going forward the goal against Stoke in the FA Cup and also just his all-round energy and performance level but also enthusiasm and just genuine um his attitude on the field was fantastic so more as a fullback slash wingback you maybe want him there but um overall just a brilliant season a real shame he got injured the way he did and he's out until well into next season would imagine and then once he goes you then look at who then takes over the mantle as the best player at that time and that was when James Madison and Harvey Barnes started to really kick into gear and score goals and actually finish off chances that they maybe missed last season but actually really influence games rather than just having bit part in a few games and, and flashes of skill here and there. They really started to cement them places not only in Leicester's first team but also in maybe England's team as well or England's squads. Um We'll come on to Madison later on in the conversation, but Harvey Barnes was the man. And I think he was then Leicester's best player. He then gets injured. And then Yuri Tillemans, who has had a fantastic season from already a very high level. He's now kicked on. And then you look now back once the season's finished and you go, the way that this guy has actually played virtually every game for club, for country... Uh, in cup games as well, and kept such a high level of form is amazing. For saying he had that as one of his major down points, essentially, in his first season as Leicester, he, he couldn't really complete those games in quick succession. So, first of all, that's a huge tick next to him. But then, just his performance levels, his assists, his fantastic through balls, his all-round performance, dropping slightly deeper in midfield, and then scoring that goal at Wembley end of the day he is the player of the season he really is he was voted the player of the season by the supporters he was voted by the players as well so Yuri Tillemans is my best player of this season Yuri Tillemans is the official for Fox 8 podcast player of the season I, I totally take your points with Justin and Barnes I think it would have been uh, very interesting uh, to see had they completed a full season what kind of performance levels they'd have been able to maintain but again, we're here talking about what ifs. Um, really, really hope Justin Barnes can come back to the to the level that they reached earlier on in the season because that's one of the many things to look forward to for next season. Um, but yeah, Yuri Tiedemann's, I think, earlier on in the season, maybe, when things were mid-season and, you, and you're getting through a couple of games a week and they're just relentless, I think... He maybe went a little bit unnoticed at times, but he has improved, as you said, from a very high level already. Now, when he came in on loan, you could tell he had quality, the like of which has not very often been seen in a Leicester City shirt. But he, he was missing the physicality to compete in a Premier League midfield. He was missing the endurance to get through 90 minutes at that intensity and do that again three days later um, and he was probably missing the numbers to be honest with you in terms of direct assists and, and goals but if you look at the the 
upward trajectory that his form and consistency has been on in his in his time at Leicester so far is absolutely remarkable. He is a hundred percent a world class footballer, and I think this is maybe a a, a little bit interrupting uh, the the best of section, Pete. But I think while we're on Yuri Tielemans, we really need to talk about is he going to be a Leicester player next season because. There are there are lots of corners of supporters who are worried about the fact that he did that lap of honor on his own. Was he uh, as typically ninety odd percent of the time? That's that's going to be waving goodbye, isn't it? That's going to be a, a thanks for everything, but we finished fifth, so see you later. I'm off to play Champions League football. But you know we can we can sit here and speculate. We don't know. We don't know anything. But there are other fairly reputable sources that are saying that Tielemans is is very close to signing a, a new and improved deal as we we spoke about uh, I think on the on the FA Cup podcast uh, and obviously basically pay the guy whatever he wants to keep him at the football club now if he, if he does go on to sign a new contract and stay at Leicester City what an incredibly humble moment for him to do that to walk around the pitch on his own he's he's looked very emotional when he was coming over to to join in the celebrations of the lifting of the FA Cup when he was announced as supporters and players player of the season it, it seems to me that that the success that he's enjoying at this football club for himself, but also the the success that he's enjoying as part of this team, it seems to me that it really means something to him. And you rarely see footballers get that kind of uh, level of emotion and that level of seemingly connection with the supporters. So I've got absolutely everything on my body that could ever possibly be crossed, crossed that the, that the rumours saying that he's going to sign a new deal are more accurate than the ones that are speculating that he's on his way out of the door. Because... I think if he does stay, that's a real massive sign of the environment that's been created at Leicester City Football Club. And that would make a huge, huge statement. It goes without saying he'd be a big miss on the pitch if he didn't stay at Leicester. Uh, it also goes without saying that, for, well, I guess those those of you that listen to the podcast for a few years, you know that Pete and I will, will very much be grateful for the contributions that players like him would make to our team. And if he wants to move on to, to something where he can be basically guaranteed to be competing in the Champions League and, and competing for more titles and more silverware, then, then you know he goes with, for what it's worth, our blessings. But if he stays, that to me highlights that this club can still go much, much further. And he genuinely believes that. This is why I like our podcast, because we... We, we do this, we go on to these tangents where we were going to come on to Yuri Tillemans. I mentioned James Madison already. Let's just go straight for them rather than stick to the to the player list of, of, of best moments and, and best goal, etc. Yeah, completely agree with Yuri Tillemans. There's a few things with me with him and that's uh, I think he will sign a new contract and I think it'll only be for an extra year or so and I think it is a year. I think Yuri Tillemans... Is gonna give is gonna give Leicester another year, mainly because of 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 the player he is. He's not turning around to Leicester and saying you need to fulfil my dreams as a footballer. 
to play Champions League, etc., etc., and I'll stay here until I'm 30 years old. That's not the case. I think Yuri Tillemans is 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 not saying almost himself. I think it's just his his stature in the game of I am a guy who scored an FA Cup final winning goal. I've had a fantastic season. I'm playing centre midfielder for Belgium in possibly a Euro 2020 winning side. Who knows what can happen after that, by the way, if he really shines in that competition. We could be having a, a really different conversation. I am basically a world-class player. I am one of Europe's best midfielders in that position, which, if you think of the player that Yuri Tillemans is, there's. it's not like he's a number nine. He's not like he's a, he's a goal scorer or he's a right back or a goalkeeper where you have a very specific position. He's got so much to his game where he can add an awful lot to many different varied midfields throughout Europe who maybe have a defensive wall like an Ndidi but maybe need someone to go forward. He could play as a number eight. He could play as the deep line playmaker. He could be an extra midfielder in varied positions. So he, he brings an awful lot. So I think... Him at the end of the game was ultimately really disappointed. And what Roger said about bringing in winners to the club, there's your winner, there's your person who wasn't smiling and laughing and joking with all the players, etc. Which, as much as it might sound really innocent and okay, but surely you realise that you know cameras are on you and you've just dropped out of the top four with 15 minutes to go. Um, that wasn't the case with Yori. And I think... I think he'll stay, and I think he was going to give Leicester one more year. And if Leicester gets in the top four, then we have the same conversation next year, and it's just a case of if offers come in, etc. But he'll be given Champions League football here, so maybe he gets a, another wage rise, whatever. I think they'll make him the best player, uh, best paid player in the club, whether he gets captaincy or not. He might become the assistant to Schmeichel, for example. I don't think that's really one of the big things to kind of worry about. But overall... Um, I think he'll be there next season, but if he plays really well in the Euros, who knows, you know, Juventus coming with a big bid, he could easily just turn around and go, look, I'm, I'm 24 years old, or I, I want to go, um, I'm in my prime, I'm in my absolute prime, and I've still got an awful lot of years to go, it, it won't be a surprise, so hopefully he stays, I think he will do, but I think if you ask me right now, he'll stay, but he'll only be at Leicester for another year because he'll want to naturally just move on his career elsewhere. And that's no slight to Leicester, even if we get top four next year. I think he'll probably still want to move on and play elsewhere and just explore new avenues and, 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 and fair play if that's the case. So that's my position with Yuri Tillemans. He's the most important player at the football club to stay. If you look around the club and you look at, the star players in what would be the normal first team at Leicester, I don't think any of them will leave. Uh, I think if one or two bids come in for a few players, maybe it could be time for them to then move on. But um, but for Yuri, he is the best player. He contributed the best moment for me and also the best goal because that was the best goal. There were one or two noticeable goals this season. Just to look back on, say, uh, Ian Acho's goal, against Palace, uh, the, the strike by Thomas uh, against Manchester United. What a goal that was earlier on in the season. Uh, the goals at, at the Etihad when you had Vardy's flick 
And you also had uh, James Madison. Uh, Madison scoring another good goal against Brighton. But it's the Wembley goal. That is that is the best goal. So best moment, best player and best goal are all that one moment by that one player, Yuri Tillemans. Uh, I do not believe, Rob, you might go elsewhere with the best goal. Absolutely not. Hat trick, clean sweep. He won all the awards that the club had to offer. He's won all the awards that we don't have to offer, but we're going to talk about anyway. Yeah, hundred percent. It's you know if if he shins it in from a couple of yards out and it and we win the FA Cup final one nil, he's probably still talked about on the shortlist of best goal of the season. But the fact that it was such a a technically brilliant, brilliant goal. They always look amazing. Goals from outside the penalty area that, that go into the top corner. But I think ones that are hit so straight like that, and he didn't put his foot, as we discussed on the podcast after the FA Cup final, he didn't wallop it. He didn't put his foot properly through it. He, he's lifted it. And the camera angles that you can get at Wembley with, you know, spider cam or whatever they call it, it's such a phenomenal watch. I, I can't even begin to tell you how many times I've watched it. And and as soon as it leaves his boot and you just watch the such a true flight path into the top corner, it's, it is just, it is glorious. It's beautiful to watch. And the fact that it meant so much and had such a significant impact on that moment, that game, on our season, is makes it all the more worthy uh, of winning for Fox 8 podcast best goal of the season. It was just, again, a goal we'll see back time and time again. The dive by Kepper makes it look really good as well. But it is, the shot from behind is just tremendous. And then again, the fans behind the goal. And we said in the review of the FA Cup final, it, the fans being there made the goal sound, as I said, different to many goals. But also, it, it just made the whole occasion. And um, yeah, it's it's... All, all about Yori, really, and uh, and when you look at what Rogers has said about bringing in players with mentality, I'd love to see them bring him in midfield and towards the forward line. That little bit of quality, but also the experience. That's that old head who's been there and done it and won it. And I still think that's what we've lacked this season. Someone in midfield, someone in that kind of ten role. And I mentioned about a Pedro or a Mata, that kind of player who wouldn't play week in, week out, wouldn't maybe be part of the first team if we had every single player fit. But can play against your Newcastles, can play at home against sides lower down the league, say Fulham, where I'm not going to say you're going to rest players, but you might need just that experienced player in there to keep the ball, knock the ball around, do the things that players in that position and looking at you, Madison and Perez, do not do as much as they are still good players. That's what I think Leicester need going forward. And it's very interesting, Rogers' comments in the last few days, saying he wants those with winning mentality. His own his own future at the football club, I think, has been more banded around by the media rather than anything kind of serious. I think it's an, an easy story. You know, is Rogers going to go to say Tottenham? Is he going to go elsewhere? If you were involved in in the media and on a national basis, that would be a very easy conversation to have in what would be Premier League wise quite a, a dull lull before the Euros and and during the summer. That's just a an easy link. Um, no slight on them. No, you know, 
not saying it shouldn't happen. That's just a, an easy thing to do. I, for, for my thinking, I don't think there's any chance of him going to Spurs. He said to a few people, he said to Sam Matterface, the commentator, 200% that he's going to stay. Um, would I think Rodgers would go from Leicester to other clubs? Yes. And I would label Arsenal as one of them, and I would label... Uh, obviously the Manchester clubs as well. I don't think there's many other clubs in England that he would go to away from Leicester, but certainly Arsenal would be. So thankfully they've had a good end of season and they're going to keep their manager. But um, but Spurs, I just think that's an absolute no-go. And he's he's really rubbish, those rumours at all. So um, I wouldn't worry about that. It's just interesting now looking forward to who we would sign. And, and I know you're going to just hint on what I've just said, Rob, but... Yeah, looking forward as well, where would you pinpoint positions in Leicester's squad or Leicester's first team where we need to improve uh, on what is still an exceptional side? I think broadly speaking, we've we've got to be looking at a couple of more experienced players because, uh, you know, you're losing Fuchs and Morgan from that dressing room and, and you can only imagine what kind of influence those two have. Morgan for his leadership qualities, Fuchs for his... What what seems like endless enthusiasm, as, but as well as his playing experience, you know, captained his national side, played Champions League football with Schalke, um, so I think players, I think it's got to be a, a good blend, to be honest with you. Um, we've got some good young players at the club already, uh, and one or two more certainly not going to hurt, but I think there needs to be one, possibly two players in their sort of later 20s possibly even a couple of the names that you mentioned there even earlier 30s um Ryan Bertrand I think has been a player that's been linked and and that to me if you're looking to fill a Fuchs sized hole in the squad he comes with uh top level experience having won the Champions League with Chelsea he's played for England he's he's been in the Premier League for virtually his whole career uh he can play left back or left wing back um, it gives you a left-footed option down that left-hand side. He's 31, so he's still got a good few years left in him, but the wealth of experience behind him, I think somebody like that, for, for me, would be a, a very uh, astute signing because ultimately I don't think that the transfer funds for many clubs are going to be there this summer, so the spending is going to be probably lower than usual. He's on a free transfer available, so you just got to fork out for his wages. Um, I think there needs to be to to deal with the rigors of the season a an all action central midfielder who we've also been linked with uh, because you know Yuri Tielemans has played basically every minute of every game that's ever existed in the last couple of years, and we've been remarkably lucky that he's not suffered the same kind of level of injuries that say indeed he has because indeed he's been in and out a couple of times with with a couple of little niggles um definitely need a center back especially if three at the back is going to be the way forward because you're looking at the squad and we've basically only got three at the back i i, I take your point earlier about justin looking very good uh, and he absolutely does but i think we need at least one out and out center back Preferably one that can play with the ball. I don't think Rodgers is the kind of manager that would sign uh, any kind of old school defender. Not many of them around these days anyway. So I think it's got to be striker, central midfielder, central defender. So the spine of the team basically. And then a left-sided defensive player 
to to offer some balance. So if I'm in in the market as Leicester City, I'm looking for at least four. And then you think about it. Well, if you don't want to continue with this kind of uh, this kind of formation, then you're going to need another winger, at least one winger. So there you go, five players, basically half a team. <laughs> it's, it's, it's easy, isn't it, now? I'll have him, I want a player there, a player there. The one position that you mentioned, which I, I think is is maybe a position we don't need, is that left side. I can see because Bertrand is there, available. Now, if you want to sign him on a year or two deal for free, uh, then then fine, because at the end of the day, you, you're buying... And you get into the squad a very experienced player, a good player as well in that position. But I wonder if Thomas's performances at the end of the season has convinced Rogers to actually go. Hang on, this guy is is not just a youth player who's come through. He can actually be one of Leicester's one or two left backs in the squad. Whether that's going to be a wing back or whether it's going to be a left back in a back four, it doesn't seem to matter with Thomas. And an extra year. In his progression, you can only see him getting better and better. I wonder whether they might have that option of Bertrand, but they might just turn around and go, do you know what, we'd rather use our wage bill and our resources elsewhere. It looks like this Bubakare, I'm going to say Sumare, will wait for <laughs> the appropriate um, confirmation on the pronunciation of his surname, but Bubakare Sumare will go with at the moment for uh, from Lille, because even though they've just won the league... They are a disaster behind the scenes. The goalkeeper's already gone to AC Milan. He's uh, replaced that uh, Donnarumma, the, the young goalkeeper who's played there since he was about 12. Uh, where he's going to go, that's going to be very interesting. But it looks like this uh, Bubakare Sumare is going to be signing for Leicester in the next maybe even week or so before the Euros. I think they'll try and do it before uh, the under-21 Euros. Um it's around about twenty million pounds been banded around today. Rob Dorset has mentioned it. Uh, Romeo as well on on Twitter as well has said it's pretty much done. Um, it looks like uh, Wesley Fofana has been a bit of a, a a go-to here to say, look, come here, it's all fine at Leicester, it's fantastic, come and play. He looks like that that presence in midfield we've we've missed away from Ndidi, that ball playing but box to box player. And looks a very exciting player. So him, I st- we need a, a number nine. Because Vardy, as much as he's the best player of all time, he uh, needs help up top. And Odson Edward from Celtic, I, I think that's just a deal that's been done. And will more than likely happen very quickly. And when it does, it will take a few hours. And all of a sudden, <clears throat> excuse me, you'll have the, the pitchers... And the the video of him at the King Power, and if it's done, it looks between what fifteen twenty million pounds from Celtic, and we'll see how that gets on. But we need a, another striker, and I agree with you about the spine of the team. So there's your midfielder, you need a striker, and then a centre half. Purely for what you said, I agree. If you're going in with three centre halves at the moment, we've got the three, as you would say, Evans, Fafana, and Soyuncu, Amati would more than likely stay in the squad and be the next one along, but you do need another. And who that will be? Every option available there, because you could bring in a similar Evans-type player, so an experienced centre of the back three, uh, in a Hooth style, 
or you could then sign a youngster like Fafana, etc. Or you could just actually go, this guy has played very well throughout his career at a middling club and this is his chance to play at a club at a higher level. So Tarkovsky, someone like that, for example, or or again, a, another defender from elsewhere we were mentioned with Vestergaard. Those type of players are taking a step up in quality of club and team. Uh, but they won't be obviously guaranteed first team. So they're the positions I, I think we need. Uh, and again, the Bertrand thing, I'm just thinking free free contract, um, a fair wage. I think they might be thinking that could be your experienced, proven winner. Arrive at Leicester on a free, more than likely be on a very high wage, but then again, you're saving money on the contracts. You've lost a lot of wage from the wage bill with... Uh, Morgan, who must have been on a big wage, and Christian Fuchs, if you imagine that they've been there for such a long time, but also through, essentially, uh, winner's percentage adding on to their, their contract. So it must have gone up an awful lot in their time. So losing them and losing, I think, quite a few fringe players with the revamp of the, the youth sides and an awful lot of players on the books who have been on loan at a few places, I think will be let go. Not Dewsbury Hall. He'll be in the first-team squad. No problems there, but that's... That's the way I'm thinking when it comes to this uh, this this transfer window. I don't think there's going to be too many surprises. I think I think this Suarez deal is more or less done. I unless Rogers says no to Edward. If he says yes, then they'll they'll get him within a day or two. But if he says no, then they'll go elsewhere. But I think it'll be Edward. It'll be Suarez. They'll be the two money signings, and then a defender. Who again? It could be anything from a youngster to a, as I said, proven Premier League player at a, at a middling club, or it could be an old head. But that's the way I'm thinking for the transfer window. Yeah, I think Bertrand is is one that you do if you can, but it's the least essential of the ones that we've discussed. If if the finances are there to pay him for a year, or he, I, I guess at 31 he's probably going to try and drag his heels a bit and get two years or at least say uh, if I make X amount of appearances in my first year then I trigger an automatic one year extension something like that it's whether financially the club think that that's uh, a viable route I agree that if he doesn't come in it's it it doesn't have a hugely negative effect because although it does has looked imbalanced at times you have got Castagna, Ricardo, Justin or Brighton all of whom are playing in the wing back positions as well as Luke Thomas. So there are there are plenty of options there. That's less essential for me than than the ones that we've just talked about. And and, and obviously uh, Edward is one that will happen if Rogers wants it to happen. Samare for for all intents and purposes could could have gone through in the last 10 minutes while we've been on this podcast to be perfectly honest with you. It looks that much of a done deal. And you know, if if we are going along the what if Yuri Tielemans only stays at Leicester for one more season, then I I like the look of Dewsbury Hall and I think he will, as you say, come into the first team setup this coming season. Certainly they'll have a good look at him in pre season again like they did last year, uh, and see what they think uh, he brings to the team. If you've got him in there, you've got Sumari in there, you'd probably looking at Chowdhury moving on. But if Dewsbury Hall makes continues to make the step steps up that he has and then Samari adapts well in his first season in English football it it sort of lessens the effect of the potential Yuri Tielemans departure a little bit obviously he's he's, he's nearing on 
irre- irreplaceable. But if you bring in those two through and you give them, obviously Tielemans and Ndidi would be your starting midfielders for, ne- for next season. I don't think anybody's going to come in and usurp that. But then if you get Samari and Dewsbury Hall, plenty of game time, have a look at them and, and, and then they've got another year under their belts then it does soften the potential blow of a of a Tielemans departure as well. So it makes sense not only for strength of the squad for the coming season, but also with a, a little bit more of a safety net in mind for potential departures later down the line. Yeah, it, that axis, doesn't it? The Suarez and um, and 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 the Shepshire Pele of Jewsby Hall, that looks tantalisingly like it could well be what would happen at the start of not next season, but the season after, away from uh, a Yuri Tillemans and and maybe away from from one or two other players. So if I said to you, Rob, name some of the players who are involved in the first team squad who you wouldn't, not say mind leaving, but if certain bids came in for those players and they were accepted, you'd turn around and go, well, okay, fair fair play. I I will just start right now and go straight away, James Madison. Because even though he had that really good period where he managed to score plenty of goals, he was fully fit and flying. So what's a November, December time around then? Um, October, November, December. I've been really disappointed with him. I know he's come back from injury and he's, you know, that's fine. But there has to be a point where if you've got a player who is a injury prone you have to as much as that's unfortunate go well you know we 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 can't just rely on this player then also if a player takes so long to get back up to that standard you can't carry that player to get to that level you can't say right we'll give him nine games to get to that certain level um and also the fact that the player is worth actually a fair bit of money now do you cut your losses with a guy um, I'd throw in Iosi Perez as well. I think he's still a valued squad member, but again, against any side in the top 10, I think we could do better. Him against any side in the bottom 10, he's a good player. I just think he has a level. He has a real level. And at the moment, and I don't think in his career, he'll reach what we need now. Because let's take the hat off of the plucky side who's now a established member of the top six. Put that away and put the big club hat on right now because we're talking about, yeah, we're talking our own Leicester City squad here. And I'm putting my big boy hat on to say we are challenging for this top four. We want top four. We've got the likes of Yuri Tilleman. So I think if the bids come in for Madison, I would let him go. I don't think they will come in for him because of who he is off the field and also what happened towards the end of the season with the COVID thing and also just generally his injury record. I think if he has a a stellar season next season, then clubs might well come in and go, right, we'll have him and he can be the poster boy for our club. No problem. At the moment, I don't think anyone will touch him. Uh, But if they did, I'd get rid of him. Uh, Also, Perez, as I said him, uh, away from that, I think Chowdhury will probably go. Uh, I think that's just a natural kind of um, player to leave and we've said about him previously you've got Mendy in that position you're bringing in another midfielder Suarez we mentioned so I think Chowdhury will go and away from that it will be those players who have been out on loan an awful lot 
who are maybe in their early 20s, and I think there'll be plenty of those going. So I think there'll be an awful lot of no notifications on your phone going, this Leicester player's gone, and he's not actually made a, a first-team appearance, or maybe one or two. This player's gone, this player's gone. But uh, but no, those are the players for me who I wouldn't be... Um, not I say unhappy that they go, but you know what I mean? If they do leave, it wouldn't be, oh, we've lost one of our stars. Yeah, they're both luxury players is is how I would look at them really. Uh they don't I mean I mean Perez can be quite diligent when he's when he's put in a certain position, but if Put if your he big boy hat on, Rob. Put your big big top four hat on. Not your not your Leicester hat. Take your put your I'm gonna new put Leicester my big boy pants on. I'm gonna put my big boy pants on and I'm gonna say well, yeah. Categorically, Iosi Perez is not good enough to be starting in a team that wants to be securing a top four place every season. He's not. He 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 does a job, but the problem with him and the problem with Madison is that they don't bring anything to the team when they are not razor sharp. They if they're if they're in there, look, you've seen it with Madison in in this period of of the season. Uh, and you've seen it with Perez, let's be honest. Most games, like you say, against anybody half-decent. If they're not right on it, if they're not playing with like 100% confidence, 100% sharpness and 100% fitness, they're basically dead wood that you're carrying around. Uh, and I'm not saying that they're rubbish footballers at all, but absolutely, the, the, absolutely. Team, the team has to carry them. And you don't want to be... You can't afford to be carrying players around when you want to achieve and sustain the level of success that Leicester City Football Club do. The problem with Madison is every reason why you and I and probably many other frustrated supporters out there would be willing to accept a bid for him. All of those reasons are reasons that the potential bidders can also see and will therefore not make a bid for him because of those reasons. So, yeah, I, I can't see anything of any value coming in for Madison and it's certainly not at this stage, certainly not this summer. Perez, I think you'd probably want to recoup much of the the fee that we paid for him in order to let him go, because if it's not, again, if it's not financially worthwhile to the, to the team, then as if you're looking for a squad of 25, let's say, as as somebody, if you're ranking the players in terms of ability or importance to the team, somebody in in the early twenties, he's absolutely not a bad player to have as a squad player. And if we talked about, uh, we opened the show basically with talking about squad depth. He he makes sure that your squad is is deeper if he stays, but it's not really a reason to keep him in that sense. If it's if it's worthwhile to the club financially, and Perez says, you know what, I'm going to go there and play a bit more, and they'll they'll love me a bit more, then fine. See you later. Madison he is continuing to flash hints of what he can do, but at what point does potential turn into the kind of player that you want him to? Because at the moment, that's not that's not what he is. It's having a decent run of five games here or there doesn't make you a world-class player. Some people saying, oh, why wasn't Madison put in the England squad? Millions of reasons. Loads of better players than him, especially in that front three kind of uh, area. He's nowhere, absolutely nowhere near. If he'd have maintained his fitness for the season and maintained the kind of form that he was showing in um, 
in in that period where you know he's he's he come back from his first earlier injury and he'd really hit the ground running, then yes, he's in the conversation. He is absolute. I can't even believe he's on a list of some broadcasters and some media outlets list of players that didn't make the England squad. Obviously. He's nowhere near that level at the moment. The the best what the best one I saw there, Rob, was when there was a um I think it was a sport bible or whatever. They they said, Oh, Leicester fans are up in arms over Madison's squad admission and there was about thirty four replies and I clicked on it and every single reply was from a, a Leicester fan or someone who had Fox in their title or a Leicester badge and everyone went, Well, I don't think so. That's <laughs> I don't I've not heard any of them. Next one, no. Next one, I don't know which team you've been watching. I think everyone's singing off the same hymn sheet when it comes to Madison. And and a mate of mine who um, who knows his football, he always says about Madison, we all know how good a player he is when he's on fire, when he's playing well. But he just turns around and goes, never turns up for the big games. Just never, never there. He's either injured or he's recovering from an injury or this, that and the other. He's too lightweight, etc., etc. And I think that's just the case with him. I think he's, he's, a, he's a very good player, but... At the moment, all the bad points, which I know injuries ain't his fault, etc. But the injuries, the recovery time, the lack of strength on the field, uh, the inconsistencies, all of those are outweighing what is a really good footballer. And that's the problem with him. And hopefully it's just a case of another season. But at the moment, you're getting towards your your mid-twenties with the guy. And I wonder whether it will ever happen. And that's the problem when you're looking at a player like that and you're thinking, hang on, have we got to the stage where it might not happen? And if it does, then, well, are we going to kind of cut our losses now and make a few quid or or get a few quid in for the guy? Now, that's a very dangerous thing to happen because look what's happened to Kelechi and Acho. No one would have thought... I, and no one listened to this. And if you did, then you're you're a liar. <laughs> yeah, you know, no one thought Kelechi was going to do what he's done this season at the stage of the season. So come Christmas, when he well, whenever we played that Palace game, uh, I don't think anyone would have then thought. Do you know what? I think Kelechi's going to he's going to score like sixteen goals in sixteen games and and single handedly rescue the season in the cup and 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 etc. You know, that was never going. to No one thought that. So it might happen with Madison. You never know. But I just I just think at the moment it's got to that stage where he, I, he was not on the pitch against Spurs. Abs- and the last few games, just not there at all. Absolutely whatsoever. And um and yeah, when it comes to England, a million a million miles away. So we'll we'll, we'll forget about that. But uh, let's let's get down to brass tacks. Let's get down to the most important thing. The real nitty gritty, the really proper stuff that's going to form the future of the club it's going to make a real difference in supporters lives this is the 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 crux of it all money uh everything comes down to this what did you think of the new shirt do you know what i thought this build-up was going to be for the uh, final table of the fox sake fantasy football league because i know those are the only two items left on the agenda The, the new shirt See, you're you're a very very opinionated man on shirts, and I would uh, encourage listeners to think back to the time when the maroon shirt was first um, oh. put before our eyes. And and Pete, you were exceptionally indifferent to to the maroon shirt. <coughs> Excuse me. See see how uh, see how bad you were 
how bad your opinion of it was at the time. Uh, and you have definitely warmed to it. This shirt, for me, has pros and cons. I quite like the retro style of it. The sort of um, almost like the, the pattern, the kind of like, almost like cloudy kind of uh texture to the to the color uh and obviously it's it's adidas which is a, a sort of strong recognizable brand the issue i've got with it is that when i first saw the first picture of it without i think i think it was with a player wearing it it looked like somebody had gone on microsoft word used a bit of clip art created some kind of random sponsors logo and then just dragged it on over the picture at the end. I genuinely had to double check it wasn't a fake Photoshop picture because I don't think the sponsor, whether it's the logo, whether it's the way it just sits on the shirt, whether it's the sheer size of it, I don't particularly like that element of it, but I do like the rest of it. Now, I'm interested to hear the uh, the kit connoisseur's point of view. And I am a kit connoisseur. First of all, I didn't like the kit in 2016. It's gone to be the most famous kit of all time. I didn't like the maroon shirt. And we've gone and won the FA Cup wearing it. Uh, It grew on me throughout the season. So before the FA Cup, it grew on me. But at the first time of looking at it, I looked at it and I'm not entirely sure. Um, This has proper uh, look back at 1990 to 92 for me, which I have the shirt. Uh, I'm actually looking at it right now. Uh, I have that shirt. It's got echoes of that. Um, Two things. Obviously, the change of sponsor. Now, this FBS, whether King Power was around about four, five, six million quid because they own the club, how much money can they actually give into the club through the back of a sponsorship on the shirt? It's not a lot. So this, and it's been widely reported to be what? 30, 25 million pounds a season for three years. First of all, that's a, a massive increase in, in sponsorship. So a huge amount of money going to the club. And and instantly, I think every Leicester fan is bought onto that. So they've turned around and gone, look, I know it's not King Power. It's a new sponsor that no one's ever heard of. So, But it's an awful lot of money. So I think everyone's just kind of put their hands in the air and gone, whatever. I agree that, with you. That kind of money buys you a new midfielder, doesn't it? Exactly. That's it's it's ridiculous money. It's very very good money. So I think every fan's gone. Look, whatever you know, um, it doesn't look the best. It could be worse. It is quite big. It does look very kind of plain. Overall, I really do like the shirt again because it's got that throwback to nineteen ninety nineteen ninety two. Uh, I like it. Uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, my mate Trev texts me and goes, "Why are we playing in the Birmingham City shirt?" and Quite frankly, it's ruined it now. I hate it because it's Birmingham and uh, he's destroyed it for me. Now, it might be a shirt where when I see it in the club shop, it looks fantastic and I'll buy it, which is more than likely going to be the case. So that's that. But at this current time, it looks like Birmingham playing. Uh, That's just him and me being stupid. But there you go. Uh, One thing, though, it's not out until July. So if you order it now, you've got to wait until mid-July, I think, to get your shirt. That seems really weird to have such a length of time between announcing it. Normally, we're quite one of the later clubs to announce a new shirt uh, compared to the rest of the world. But now we seem to have caught up 
So we play on the last game of the season with it, and then, and then there's an awful long time until we can actually buy it. I don't understand that gap. Now, outside of the world of football and the manufacturing world, we know all the difficulties at the moment, so more than likely the case. But So there we go. Overall, I quite like the shirt. I'm indifferent to the sponsor like you, but then again, I know it's a massive increase. And then today I saw a picture of uh, Martin Allen holding up the Leicester shirt with uh, Milan Mandarik, and it was an awful Topps tiles on the front of an awful Jacko shirt with like a shield, a really small shield with the Leicester badge in there. Why they put it on a shield, I have no idea. And it's the most disgusting, it's horrible. It's just, we don't care, have this shirt. Um, so it could be a lot worse. It could be a lot worse. And, and the white shorts are back, so I quite like that. So that's uh, that's that. You mentioned though, Rob, the Fancy Football League. For the final time this season, Rob, Let's play that music. So the top 10 of the, for Fox 8 Fantasy Football League, the final 10, up into 10th place, 2,336 points. It is Matt Hatson with a whole lot of love. Down into 9th place, Matt Foister with Foistrans, 2,344. Same amount of points in 8th place, up Steve Curtin with FC Vladovich Barbers. 7th place, Jack Royal, Handbags and Mad Kags with 2,355. In 6th place, it's Humza Yazdani, FC Mordor, 2,377 points. The same amount of points down into 5th place, Joe Healy, Les Dennis. Top 4, up into 4th place, it's Tyler Hunya with Team Lau. 2,381 points. Top three, up into third place, Luke Taylor, TaylorMade, 2,398 points. And the top two in the For Fox 8 podcast, Fantasy Football League, in second place on 2,405 points, it's Ben Melbourne with Vini Vidi Vardi. And this year's For Fox 8 podcast, Fantasy Football League champion, it's Sam Lau with 2,454 points. Well done to Sam, well done to Ben, well done to Luke, the top three, and well done to everyone who entered. Um, I don't know how many exactly there were in the league. There's about 160 odd, 157 there was, 157. So well done for everyone for entering. It's the official Premier League uh, app, essentially, for fancy football. We'll be doing the same again next year. I had a very poor last day. And from being in about 14th, I'm now 20th. I finished in the top 20, Rob which is not bad at all. I tried to get top 10, so I made a bit of a gamble because I'd already won my leagues with a few mates. So Frank Sinclair, own goal, which is me, uh, 44 points on the last day, 2,290. I finished in 20th place. And Rob? Yeah, you did a bit of a Leicester, really, because it was, oh, top 10, I'm on for top 10, I'm on for top 10, last game of the season. There he is in 20th. However, I can't talk. I did maybe what you might consider a a Newcastle United. Was stumbling along uh, in 
no man's land for a long time. About 120th I dropped to at one point. I've been resurgent in the last couple of months of the season and I've actually got myself above halfway. I've finished in 70th place, uh, which I think is reasonably respectable given the start to the season that I had. I, I, actually, Rob, wait, wait, wait. you're finishing 71st place. Let's get this right. Which Oh, sorry. One, one point behind a good <laughs> mate of mine, Scott, actually. Let's get... Yeah, but um, I was quite happy last game of the season because obviously in the For Fox Sake League, I didn't have an awful lot riding on anything because I was nowhere near anything respectable. But in uh, you, you might remember I said I watched the FA Cup with a, a few mates who the three of us are best men for another guy's wedding. So there's four of us all together. And those four were actually top four in our mates league going into the last game of the season uh, and I was fourth obviously with my resurgence uh, and I managed to to pip the the the, uh, the groom the bloke who's getting married in a couple of months time I managed to pip him uh, to finish third which I was pretty pleased with so I had I did have some kind of victory on the last day you've done very well uh, Sam Lau the winner of the uh, fancy football league uh, will try and sort out a prize we'll have a word with our friends at footballkitmarket.com and see what we can do uh, we'll have a competition before the season starts and it will be for the new shirt, depending on whether I think it's absolutely disgusting or not. We'll wait until it's in the actual Leicester City shop, which again is going to be, say, mid-July. We'll wait and see. Um, away from that, that's it for the podcast this season. The pitch has been ripped up. That's going to be newly laid and a completely new pitch as well. Or It goes down, what, 10 inches or so, all that um, is being ripped out for the I think I think it's the first time since the the King Power was built. So I think it's the first time all that uh, has been basically taken out and and, and redone. They were going to do it last season, but uh, with the the season just basically rolling into the next, they didn't have a chance. So uh, the pitch is changing, but we will not. We will be here next season. That's it for the podcast this season. The season we won the FA Cup. Missed out on the top four, but don't worry. We're in the Charity Shield, Community Shield. We're in the draw in the Europa League. Hopefully we can get to those away games. Uh, we'll be back sometime in the summer, Rob. We won't be long with our look back at the careers of Christian Fuchs and also Captain Wes Morgan. We'll have a, a, a nice look back on those careers and also maybe one or two who, when they leave the club the likes of Matty James as well. And if one or two other players do leave, uh, we'll, we'll throw them in and also give an update basically on what's been going on at the football club. So we will be back in not long at all, next, say, next couple of weeks or so with that podcast. But for now, first of all, thank you for everyone for listening to the podcast. Thanks for everyone for getting in contact via Facebook or via Twitter. You know the score if you listen to the podcast. It's me and Rob commentating down at the King Power Stadium. Uh, this season, we haven't been doing that for obvious reasons, but um, we will be back, hopefully, in commentary positions uh, so we can give you a more of an in-depth view rather than just watching on TV. But you know it's just us off the top of our heads talking about Leicester City, and we hope that you enjoy this format uh, it's different to, I think, a lot of podcasts out there, but we've been doing it for quite a while now. We're well into our sixth year, and uh, it it works for us because of time constraints, etc. Um, an awful lot of effort goes into creating a podcast uh, that has more either content or visuals, etc., than this one. This one, at the moment, just works for us at the, uh, as we are 
with our, our lives away from uh, from the podcast. So hopefully you enjoy it. And if you do, again, get in contact for fox8podcast at gmail.com. Nice to hear from you all. Uh, anything to report, Rob, before we sign off for this, what has been a great season? Not at all. Just a big thank you uh, from me as well to everybody that, that listens. It is just two blokes sat 60-odd miles apart, um, 22 junctions up the uh, apart along the M1, uh, talking about football and the fact that so many of you get in contact with us and, and tell us that you enjoy it and, and, and listen. It's, it's, a, it's a privilege, really, for us because, you know, we'd probably ring each other up every now and again to talk about the football, but to have this platform to do so is, is great and we do love hearing from you as well. Uh, and thank you to you as well, Pete, for all that you do with the social media side of things. Uh, it's been another great season of podcasting and I think for me as well because uh, I've now been uh, up here in Sheffield for just over 18 months especially with lockdown I think this podcast has really helped me to to feel that I'm still connected with the city and with the football club as well so thank you. No um, well thank you now we're doing the thank yous thank you for the editing so all the uh, the the precise to the half second editing that you hear on the podcast, it's all down to Rob, really. Apart from the odd episode, which I do, which you can definitely tell because it doesn't have the music for the fancy football league. So if you ever miss out on the music, you know I've done that. So yeah, thanks to you, Rob. And we'll be doing this again next year. If you've got any suggestions at all, then send them through. There's been quite a few people, by the way, who have emailed saying, can they come onto the podcast, this, that, and the other. Uh, it's something I will definitely be looking at during the summer. Um, to maybe have some kind of pre-season big special about trying to get some of the listeners on. Um, it is slightly awkward. If you phone into a radio station, they've got all the equipment there, uh, to try and do it where people can actually phone in or we can speak to people separately or they can record themselves. It's not the easiest thing to try and sort out. But So if you have been in contact in the last few weeks, especially to say, can I come onto the podcast, etc., don't worry, we've seen those tweets, we've seen those emails, and we can we'll try and figure out what's what with what. So... Keep an eye out on social media. We'll be back shortly with that special regarding Wes Morgan and Christian Fuchs and Matty James and whoever else leaves the club. And also we're back with a big summer special as well once anything happens at the football club. And also we'll be giving away some prizes. Hopefully that Birmingham City shirt, Leicester City shirt as well. So uh, fingers crossed. Anyway, from me and from Rob, that's, uh, that's it for the season. Up the city and hopefully the sun comes out. We can have a... A summer holiday.